Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Circuit. I am Ben Beharin. Season's greetings. I'm Jay Goldberg. So I, I almost, Jay, and, and people had sort of su- suggested to come up with some uh, some interesting and uh, consistent intro to go with our music. So I almost did this where I used um, one of the AI audio things to make Santa do a intro to the circuit for us. And, uh, and then I was like, I don't know if people are going to think that's super cheesy, but it was actually very fun writing a one sentence intro for the circuit and having this jolly Santa like figure come out with it and say it in, in AI. <laughs> so weird. AI is going to take away all the jobs, even Santa's apparently. Santa's. Um, all right. Well, we are covering a numerous set of topics today. Over the last two weeks, there have been roughly five semiconductor events, even though we're not going to hit on all of them today. It was sort of a very robust and hot and heavy uh, event cycle. I have like, I actually have six badges, lanyards in my car. And Jen was like, why are you, what are all these things? I was like, these were events I was at the last you know, week and a half. Um, but let's sort of go in order. There was both analyst days that we went to. There was also launch events. Um, so yeah. So let's start with uh, Marvell. We attended their analyst day. Um, you know, Marvell is one of those companies. I know you wrote a note about it, and I'll let you launch into this. But kind of gets overshadowed amongst some of the other bigger dominant players in their cycle. Broadcom being a a large one. Um, but obviously, you know, this company continues to do really well and execute. And, and honestly, I think has better technology than sometimes they get pro- uh, um, recognition for and really strong product roadmaps as a part of where they go and deliver. And I know we'll get to this and so I'll, as a part of it, but but the the semi-custom or the custom-ish part of their business um, was a theme they touched on last year. It's even bigger this year, which again hits into sort of a broader theme we've talked about on uh, on on semi custom. But I'll let you let you sort of give your high level. I know you wrote a wrote a note that uh, that got well circulated. Um, <laughs> I'll bet you do know so, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So go, Marvell. Okay, so Marvell. So let me let me start with just to be really clear. I was really impressed with the breadth and depth of the technical capabilities that Marvell had on display at their analyst day. They are in all these different fields and they're just doing some really, really interesting th- work in, in I think all of them. And they had some really good presentations that really explained things very clearly, but with lots of good detail. You know, there was, there was Loy from Infi who just gave this incredible talk about what they're doing in optical. And I, I am not a fan of optical, but like I was really engaged with that. Mm. All these interesting things they're working on in important markets. That being said, I walked away with this impression at the end of the event that I was just not clear how all those different things hung together. And so I, I published a note sort of saying that, like, what, what, what is, what is Marvell? What's this, what's the core message that they're trying to say? Like, what is this company? And it, it was, I thought it was really funny. Like I wrote a note, you you didn't know what I was gonna write. You don't you we, we don't write things together typically. You didn't know what I was gonna write when I left when I, we left the event. I didn't really know what I was gonna write when I left the event. And yet the next day you got all this mail about something that I had published. 
let's let's just say we heard from a lot of people about Marvel about that note. Yes, Ben's yes. innocent. It's all me. You you can at me, but we we were sort of piecing together. I mean, to be you know, everyone was very constructive. Like it wasn't yeah, yeah. it wasn't like we got called into the principal's office, but it was. There were a lot of messages on display. I think at the analyst day, one of the things that they used a couple times to describe themselves as we're a data infrastructure company. Mm. And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a good phrase. That's really catchy. But then the more I thought about it, the more it kind of got under my skin because like, wh- what does that mean? Like Snowflake is a data infrastructure company. AWS right. is a data infrastructure company. What does right. that really mean for Marvell? And like, how does that tie optical to custom to whatever else they're working on? And and so a, a couple nights ago, I actually had dinner with a, a longtime friend of mine who's at Marvell. I won't name him, but we had a good dinner. And he he kind of waited until the end of the meal. Like we'd already signed the check. And he's like, oh, one more thing. I, I saw your note. <laughs> and um and and his his point was that uh the way he thinks about it is that Marvell is a company that focuses on the data center. Right. And he, like th- that's a really simple way to put it. Like, but that's what I'm looking for, right? AMD, Intel, they're companies that make CPUs. Right. Qualcomm is a company that focuses on mobile. TI is a company that makes, you know, calculators. Right. Everybody has their their, their space. And Marvell's target is the data center. Right. And as much as we talk about data center, we always we, you know, we we're as guilty, I'm as guilty of this as anyone is a server, the average server and data center, the CPU or the GPU is only 20% of the cost of a yeah. server. Right? Yeah. And that other 80%, there's a lot of other active semiconductor content in there that's important. The networking, the memory, the storage. And Marvell has plays in, in a lot of those critical areas. It's a, and it's a, so it's a big bucket of spend and they have some important pieces of that pie. And so in, in, in this context, thinking about them as a data center company, it kind of gives a framework for everything else, right? That's where the optical comes in. That's where where the custom comes in, right? Custom as a standalone business, I feel is really scary for a company, right? Because mm, yeah. like they, they don't want to, we were having conversations with them and they were saying, oh, you know, we're not GUC, we're not Alchip, right. right? If they're having to compare themselves to those companies with their 20% gross margins, like we're kind of lost, right? Yeah. But if you think of custom as just one more tool that they use to serve the data center hyperscaler customers, it makes a lot more sense. So, all in all, great, great company. I, 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 th- I think they they could hone their messaging a little bit better. Right. Um, so that's my that's my rant on Marvell. I, I think the challenge that they hit on, and 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 I keep going back to this just because I really feel like at the time, this was just one of the best positioning statements, you know, really ever was when, you know, a key point for Broadcom's continued narrative was that like 99% of the internet runs through Broadcom. And it was just one of those things where you're like, I get like, you feel super dominant. And once I know that you're at the back end of everything from networking to switches to telecoms, like, like that, that's a powerful statement. And, and I feel like what your observation is, which is sort of similar to mine is they, they were trying to land something like that, but perhaps not quite as elegantly, because I agree with you. I understand the positioning they want to say. And and unfortunately, like for a lot of this, other than optical, which I don't want to get into now, but I feel like that's a, in a few years, that's going to be super interesting because a lot of people are going to talk about optical to chip, 
optical to very specific network infrastructures. Like that's going to happen. It's just hard problems, difficult science. It's 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 very expensive. So d- down the road, but the the story for today still comes back to. Uh, you know, and and I feel like this way for a lot of people in networking. Like it's just not it's just not the most sexy businesses, but it's good business, right? Because yeah, CPU, GPU, AI accelerators, they get the love. But it's an it's an important part of that infrastructure, and I just don't think they quite kind of landed right that that overall point, which is we're we're not just you know we're doing leading edge things here in the categories that we're competing in, but I don't think they landed that were critical to infrastructure the same way I feel like they could have with this whole point about like, like I said, that Broncob used to make about 99% of the internet flows through Broadcom. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I think you're right. It's like, and, and it's weird because Broadcom does a million other things now, right? They're soft, they're, you know, half software now. I think Marvell should be the one leading that should, should have that standard because they're, I, I would imagine a very large portion of the internet runs through their stuff as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's ninety percent, sure. but it's probably a big number, and so right. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, right. agreed. And then I think you're exactly right about the semi-custom side. Is I don't I don't think anybody that in in this sphere that we talk to is going to come out and say we're we're our sole business model is 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 semi-custom, but to view it in in the light. And one of the other things I just want to point out because I did think this was a helpful clarification because I I had believed this, but but didn't really have any sort of confirmation, but. Um, you know, they, they, they made the point to say that a lot of the work that they do with their customers on the back end, whether that's the hyperscalers does have some customization to it. Like, and, and I think that's important to say they're, they're a vendor, they're a merchant vendor Silicon, but they're also being very, very flexible with their customers where they're, where if it's scale and a large enough scale customer, they are tuning some knobs for them uniquely. And I actually really like that approach, right? Because you're not. It's not even really semi-custom. It's just a slight couple slight tweaks that that vendor needs. And 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 that's a very customer-friendly sort of and a flexible approach within their architecture that I actually thought was a, a really interesting point, just coming back to how sticky they are with those customers that they're that they're working with. Yeah, I, I think um Will Will Chu, who runs their processor and custom business, gave a a, a presentation on the subject of custom. Right, and I, I was trying to find it just now. I think it's online because it was a public event. So there should be a video recording of it. Anybody interested in custom and trying to understand what that means should go watch Will's presentation because it's it's the best, most coherent description I've seen of that business in terms of just like what it really means to be custom because it's a lot of different things. It's different things to different people, and then also in terms of just the tools that are required, the different skill sets that are required to make that a viable business. Yeah. And 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 he made a very good case, like why Marvell is a preferred vendor for that. It it was really interesting. It was a really coherent presentation of a space that I think a lot of us get sort of just it's it's very it's very fuzzy what really takes place. And and Marvell really gave a good uh, description and framework for thinking about that. And I I really appreciated that. There's a lot. I mean, there's I was just wanting a lot of things came out of that, like you were saying about what that means for the company. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, a a good event, I think sort of like, you know, like you, I walked away, like there's a lot more to this story than being told um, for Marvell. So I hope over the next, you know, six to eight months, they, they refine that a bit more and can land it because they do have really good technology. And, and when you talk to their engineers and you hear them 
really articulate some of the specific technical, architectural, and IP advantages they have. Like they're great stories, and you can feel that that's true. I just don't think that always makes it out to the market. So, so hopefully they can they can evolve that uh, and, and really stick the messaging. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, let's move on to AMD. Interesting event. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I I feel like they're well. You know, there's lots of themes to this, right? But obviously, it was it was called advancing AI, which we'll then get into the topic of Intel's event and really just showcasing that AI AIifying all the things, which is a word I literally just invented. But we are AIifying all the things, including the silicon is uh, is an undoubted trend but my biggest walk away from uh if i'm just picking one thing from amd's event was the mi300x when being fully shown in terms of its 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 training and inference capabilities um which is interesting now because they they stated which i thought you know it's again hard, hard to validate but that it was on par with training to an h100 but better on inference and then Nvidia was like, "Oh no, that's not true." So a blog came out <laughs> earlier in the week, basically picking apart those claims. And then today, AMD fired back with another blog of their own, saying, "No, if you look at these workloads at the specific integer rate, we are on par with, but better at inference." Again, fist fighting on blogs and benchmarks aside, what I do think is interesting is. If they like, if they just are close to an H100 on training, but really are better on inference, that we know that market's going to move more from training to inference, and that's going to become a more more valuable workload. And so, I don't know if you need to blow Nvidia out of the water, if that even should yeah. be a goal or relevant goal for for training. But I think this inference side of this equation is really what's most interesting to me, and and I took a lot away from their discussions with engineers around MI300X around how it's ex accelerating this training and then more importantly again why training is just so fundamental to the stack particularly at the cloud or on-prem infrastructure yeah the the amd event i thought was very interesting um because right they had an event six months ago where they unveiled the mi300 and there were people then who were complaining, oh, I mean, the stock was down the next day because people were complaining, oh, there's no customers. I mean, they had Microsoft and Facebook on stage saying they were sampling, but there's no paid customers. And there weren't any real uh, details about performance then. Fast forward to last week, here they have, they, they announced Microsoft and Facebook as customers, which is huge, and they have real performance measurements, right? So this is, this is the new AMD, right? This is a company that since they split off the, fa the fabs, and since really since Lisa Su took over as CEO, this is a company that just continues to execute really solidly. And I, I think for old timers like you and I, in the back of our heads, AMD is still the game they can't shoot straight. But that's that's like really old thinking. That's bad thinking, right? This is a company that has been executing steadily for a very long time now, and that was what was on display, right? They they ha they announced a product. Six months later, they announced customers for the product. Like that, that's what the, that's what they should be doing. Like they're running the business the appropriate way. I, th I think there is this weird thing taking place in the market, especially among investors where there, there are people who want to see the fight in AI as one between NVIDIA and AMD. 
because in, Nvidia stock has done so well, it's gotten so big so quickly that there are a camp of people who ha- are, are trying to construct a short case, a bear case against Nvidia that goes something like, oh, AMD's products are just as good and Nvidia is not going to hold on to its dominance in the in the data center in AI because AMD is going to take a whole bunch of its share, and like that's not going to happen. That's a false narrative, and it's the wrong way to look at things because a- AMD's products are good, but there's a whole other set of reasons why Nvidia is doing well in AI. If you want to short Nvidia, you actually have to look at the applicability, the utility of large language models and transformer-based AI systems, right? We can have a debate, we could have an hour-long episode about what people are actually going to use AI for, and we can debate whether or not like it's going to be this huge market that justifies NVIDIA's valuation. That's the short case on NVIDIA. And I'm not arguing one way or the other on that. I'm just saying, like, right. if you want to short NVIDIA, you have to believe that LLMs and generative AI is, is just a passing fad. But to really understand that takes a lot of work. Like if you really, really believe that, you'd have to do a lot of work as an investor to to prove it out. It's much simpler to create this sort of phony narrative that oh, AMD is going to take Nvidia share. It's that's just it's it, it that's not going to happen, and it's not what AMD needs. AMD just needs to continue to be execute solidly. Like I wrote after it, I said AMD doesn't have to have the best GPUs in the world. It doesn't have to have GPUs that are better than Nvidia. It doesn't have to have CPUs that are better than Intel. It just has to be competitive and continue to execute and show up, and the comp- and then, and and then you know the business w- will work on that, right? And I'm not going to give investor investment advice, but like presumably if the business keeps working, the stock will do fine. Yeah. So I, I got I I, I just, it's just weird what's going on with AMD. They're they're it's a it's a good company. They're executing well, and you, everyone else is welcome to fight about benchmarks all day long. I'm just gonna <laughs> get some popcorn and watch it, but. Like just in terms of raw business, I think AMD is doing is doing good. good yeah, for them. Well, and and what I like about the MI three hundred X, just when you think about this from a product a product standpoint, right? Because at this at this moment, you basically have, um, you know, from the from the viewpoint of Nvidia, you kind of have this this complete solution, this this compute system that is an AI stack, right? And so you buy the whole thing, and it's got. All of these parts, from GPUs to you know inference accelerators, etc., and it's good. It's a, it's a great product, but it's also big. It's it's hard to man- manufacture, and I don't know if every infrastructure player just wants to buy these one giant box stacks and that's it, right? I think there's a huge diversity of silicon, and that's why I actually like that that the MI 300X is a dedicated AI accelerator product. Like I, I it's just a pro- like. You know, I walked in and I held one. I forgot to take a selfie with one, but I held one. I could not, you know, pick up a a giant, you know, DGX system from from uh, from from Nvidia. But it's app heart, and you can put eight of those on a board, right? For example, you could get one, you could get eight, etc. But I like that it's positioned as a dedicated accelerator product because I do think when you're building out your infrastructure. That 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 flexibility, as well as your ability to customize and basically put these together like Legos, necessitates that you just might want more more options of parts versus one giant you know machine that takes care of all these things. So I do like that it is just that it it has a job. It has one job, and that's what it's supposed to go do. And, and I really like I like that approach. So I think it's going to do really well, honestly. And and if you look at just this broad point to what you said, right? It's 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 hard to 
short NVIDIA realistically, but I think it also needs to needs to understand this is a a giant revenue expansion, right? I've seen people state that this is anywhere from 30 to $40 billion of additional silicon TAM every year over the next three or four years. So there's a lot of money up for grabs. That's not all going to go to NVIDIA. That's, that's, that's going to go to other players as well. And I think that's an important perspective to see how they come out and compete and do these very specific, you know, and like I said, it's got a, it's got a very specific job, one job to do part, do it really well. And in this AI moment, I think that's going to be an attractive offering. Yeah. And that's, that's good. They have to show up. They have to show up yeah. with a good product. And that's what they yeah. did. I think the one, the one area I would, I would quibble with them a little bit about is, is their software stack, right? Sure. NVIDIA, NVIDIA has, has this incredible software stack now. And I'm going to greatly oversimplify it. It's called CUDA. It's more than that, but it's called CUDA. CUDA has been in the market for 15 years now. It is pervasive. It's a, it's an important competitive barrier uh, helping out NVIDIA. AMD recognizes they need software too. So they have their, their answer with what they call ROCM, R-O-C-M. Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's okay. I, I think uh, AMD is trying to make the case that it is equivalent to CUDA. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're overselling it a little bit. Um, yeah. One thing that I, I I caught that kind of you know stuck in my head was uh, Rockam is only available on a very small subset of AMD's products today. CUDA is works on every single AMD uh, every single NVIDIA GPU out there, mm-hmm. and we, we we can again we can quibble about how how important that is, but it's just like. It, AMD still has a very long way to go in order yeah. for that to the Rockem to really be a viable alternative to to CUDA. It's important yeah. and it's interesting, and it, it's at the stage where it's it's probably good enough for it where it needs to be today. But they need to do more, and it would be great if they could do that faster. Yep, yep. So so j- just to button button this up, I I think the my my I, my main quibble. <laughs> which moving sort of thing was the 15 minutes at the end spent on client silicon, their next generation Ryzen, which as we're going to move to a moment to Intel, very different in, in events in priority, but, but it was kind of like, we're going to spend all of this time speaking of customers and goodness and technical benchmarks and blah, 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 blah for our data center, like, look how great we are in data center. And then it was like, oh, and we make, we make client silicon as well. Here's a Ryzen uh, new architecture. And I was, I, I, at the time, I, 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 we weren't sitting near each other, but I was looking at people around me and I was like, are they not going to talk about client? Cause we've only got 15 minutes left. I expected a whole lot more from that. And, and, and my read from that, and then talking to some other investors afterwards, were like, what are we supposed to do with that? Like does that mean that they're not prioritized? They don't really have confidence in this part. So that to me was a little bit, I just don't know. I know you were like, well, they just shouldn't have talked about it at all, which might've been better to be honest with you, because it, it, it did bring up a lot more questions to be honest with you about where their priorities are with, with, with client Silicon. So to me, that was kind of a, a head scratcher. Yeah. I think it was, I, I think it's not a reflection of their priorities. I think it was just more a function of like, planning the event and it, they should have just called it a data center event and not talk right. and explicitly told everybody up front they weren't going to really talk about it 
yeah. I think we're going to get into Intel and AI PCs in a second, I know, but uh, I think AMD has something perfectly credible in this space right now. Um, it just wasn't a, a focus, right? Especially because everyone's been asking them so much about, everyone wants to know about the MI300. That's where they have customer, right. customer announcements. There's a lot more news around the AI side of the data center side of things. Uh, and so it, it sort of ended up with PC's client, which was sort of, yeah, was just, just looked there. a little weird. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, anyway, that's, th- those are products being on the market um, over next year. I'm sure they'll get benchmarked and performed against others, but it- it'll be there. You're right. Th- they've got design, design wins coming. So, all right, let's shift to Intel. So Intel yesterday had uh, at the NASDAQ, their AI everywhere um, event, which, which had two different sections started off with client, and then moved to uh, data center. I'm going to focus more on client for this one from feedback, just because um, Ult- Co- Intel Core Ultra, so the new naming brand, codenamed Meteor Lake, um, is really their first chiplet SOC. And, and to me, that's a big step. That's a big jump moving from sort of your traditional monolithic approaches to a now 3D stacked using advanced Foveros technology, like all the buzzwords that they have. But but um, but uh, uh, the 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 framing there that I thought was actually important was um, when MJ, the, uh, the 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 leader of that group, said, "This is our biggest architecture advancement in 40 years," and I feel like that's a a really weighted statement. Because it, it is fundamentally true that essentially you're completely moving away to a stacked design, to a, a mixing and matching of tiles. Like, you know, it, it, it's, again, fa- fascinating science that we've talked about before. But, but to me, to make that now jump and claim means that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on Meteor Lake performance, on Intel Core Ultra performance of these SKUs because... You are expecting now, I think, a what's the word I'm looking for? You're expecting a um, not I don't know a leap, perhaps. Like, is should we think of this as a true talk in terms of Intel's TikTok, which I don't use anymore, but I'll always use because it was ingrained in my brain for almost 20 years. <laughs> is this a true like talk, and is it like a big talk, like not like a little talk, like a big talk? And if so. Then we're going to expect those those performance benchmarks, and if they execute on that, I think there's some very interesting meaning that it delivers great battery life, great performance. A lot of the things that we have we have hampered on Intel of, of not delivering the past few product cycles, and and the other last point I'll make here is this is the first product that it was not in production on any node before the five years five node four nodes in five years initiative took off. So, so it's kind of, to me, this true first, first barometer of Pat's leadership and execution and the team that he put, because this is the first one that's really fresh from a product standpoint, if, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So I have thoughts. <laughs> so I'm sure you do. <laughs> I have thoughts. So, so full, full disclosure, I went to an Intel event. They flew me up to Portland a couple of weeks ago to to view this material under embargo, and I I I walked away from that day, all those presentations, with a sense that 
I, I did not get the sense that this was like a generational shift. I thought I I felt very strongly that this was like a new set of products that are good enough for the time being. Didn't feel to me like they were setting the world on fire, but again, they don't they don't need to. Like that's Intel just needs to start bringing out new chips again. And so my sense was that it was it was good it was good, but it wasn't like earth changing. At that event, they actually didn't release any performance metrics, right, right. which which I took note of. Everyone was kind of wondering about that. So I think it's a Meteor Lake, and you know it's it's a good it's a good step, good for them. But you know it's it's okay. So they're using chiplets, and their chiplets have some really cool things in it, like Fofuros and all the other stuff. Good for them. AMD's had chiplet based CPUs for a year now, yeah, yeah. two years, right? So. Um, Intel is coming to the party late. Uh, they they are on track to get to five nodes in four years, but they're still a work in progress. And I think, like it's uh, it's this is like I said, it's it's good enough. It's good enough. It keeps them. It shows that they are starting to pick up momentum. They're starting to get their design chops back. But I wouldn't like I I wouldn't have positioned this as the. I was going to say second coming, but I think that's inappropriate given the context. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have presented this as uh, earth-shattering innovation. This is a good, yeah. this is a good net first step of the new products under patent. Yeah. Well, and I think again that that's the test because I know this thing is. I know that that's their 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 framing. I know a lot of OEMs had a lot riding on this part, like in their brains. If this is delivered and at least at least competitive with some of the other offerings out there in performance per watt, like the, the OEMs are going to be like, cool. We feel like Intel is back on the right track that we can trust and we can deliver. And so it, it feels like that's that. But, but again, your point being like, is it that big? I, I think to me, just the architectural shift means something. I don't know what that's going to yield. Like uh, we are as excited as any to try these systems out and, 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 and put them through their paces. I think the big thing though, is that, they're done, right? They're done with this monolithic era. This is for Intel now. This is chiplets all going forward, which has a huge implication on manufacturing and other things. So, so, so that that to me, I think is again is it's it's a it's a tip of the spear for where Intel is now going over the next you know whatever we want to say the, the the next decade in product architecture design, and in this case with 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 uh, with SOCs. I think one of the challenges covering Intel over the years for me has been their marketing messages tend to be very, uh, not quite hyperbolic, but they tend to really play things up. They really turn the volume up on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think if you talk to Intel employees, even the marketing team, they recognize that it's, it's not, it's not as huge as they message it to be. And and that's because they have to do a lot of the marketing work for their customers, for their OEMs. Right. Right. Because the it, the OEMs in the last few weeks have been talking up a refresh cycle right. a lot lately. That's a that's a big theme. Like I we've had a really rough 2023 for for client. And the OEMs, the PC makers, really need people to get excited about buying PCs again. And so there's lots yeah. of lots of chatter about an upgrade cycle. And so I think Intel is overplaying Meteor Lake a little bit in part to help out the 
the channel partners so that they, they can get their end customers, the big corporates excited about buying PCs and actually having that refresh cycle. And so I, I think that's, I think that's what's going on here. I, I think that this is, this is not the, I, I think, let me, let me frame it a little bit more optimistically. This is not going to be the best product that gets developed under Pat. I think the next couple are going to be much more interesting and much more compelling. I would agree um, with that. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I think, you know, the, the main thing for me with, with, with what they need to deliver on is just going to be battery life because they've just consistently struggled here for, I don't know the reasons, honestly, I don't, but, but I hope, my hope is moving now to a much more advanced um, design process that, that this is what's going to get them back competitive again on, on battery life. Because to me, that's where they've been the most behind. So we'll see. Systems are going out. Um, but, uh, but, but, but step, step one of, I hope, <laughs> many continued improvements uh, on, on this new architecture. Um, you know, well, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I think th this, is the, this is the weird thing where every, every conversation we have about PCs, about client, is we all sort of avoid talking about what we're really talking about, which is Apple. Right with right. with the M3, right, and I think that is. I'm hearing a lot of there's there is a lot of concern and upset out in the the broader market because MacBooks for a long time have had an advantage on battery power, right. Right. heat, things like that, and I think that's it's starting to wear down the whole Windows ecosystem. Not not yes. critically, but it's it is yes. definitely something that's uh, it's concerning a lot of people, right, and. Intel has not had a great response to that uh, for a lot of reasons. And again, this is Meteor Lake isn't going to be the one that changes it, but we'll, we'll see if it gets them pointed in the right direction because every, I think everyone's increasingly aware of the fact that Apple is sucking up all the profits out of the PC industry. That's and, right. And we really need to see Windows laptops with better battery lives and no fans yeah. or fewer fans. And Yep, yep. And, and, and that's why I just, my hope, right, is that, an architectural change puts us in that direction. I don't know the answer, like I said, of how, but my hope is that this is the thing, like you needed to re-architect something, Intel and AMD to, to do this. And these chiplets, I hope, are, are what, we're all, <laughs> what we're all waiting for. But, but honestly, like we'll see, right? That's the thing you have. And that's why I think this is super interesting. You have two ARM players, Qualcomm and Apple, who are making monolithic SOCs, and now you have two x86 players and client making chiplet SOCs. And is that the x86 answer to low power? I don't know, but that's what I want to see because I feel like something had to give, right? They were not there before. That's Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like chiplets, I, we, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we will see. We will I'm, see. I'm, I'm not Anything, quite there yet. Anything on data center, I mean, it felt like a good gen over gen product. Um, Emerald, Rap Emerald Rapids looks solid. Obviously, again, advanced packaging. Um, it's kind of now the the maturization of a next generation chiplet part um, from Intel. But, you know, and then obviously Gaudi 3 made a brief surprise. So I don't know the timing of that. They, they didn't say. They, I mean, it was hit next year, but, but I don't know exactly when. Um, but obviously, like the MI300X, I like that Gaudi is a dedicated AI part. It has one job. I like, I like those things. I think that's, that's going to help, but we didn't really get any, any details of, 
um, of it. The uh, the data center stuff though had you know again this flow of 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 Intel embedding AI into the entire architecture because it's in um, a function of the CPU cores, it's a function of the overall package, and so they talked up its inference benefits. Um, but again, like I said, it, it feels like a a good gen on gen product um, over over Sapphire Rapids. Yeah, I think in the data center, I did notice a few shifts in their messaging between what they said a couple of weeks ago and what they were saying yesterday. I think they got a lot of feedback from other analysts at the event that the, what they were offering in the data center wasn't quite as compelling. And so they, they kind of played that messaging down at the event yesterday, the public event. Um, because, because, you know, we, I, I've heard from, a, a, from them a few times out that they have Gaudi 2, which is in production next year. And they're benchmarking that against H100. Like they did that at their analyst event, their, what's three, four months ago. Um, they've made that story. They've made that claim that Gaudi 2 is competitive with H100. But again, they haven't actually given us a lot of numbers to work on. Uh, and then they're talking about Gaudi 3, which is 2025, which should be, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, you know that, that they have big hopes around that. So I, I would say that their data center story is very much just holding, holding ground, treading water, mm. uh, because they, they've, right? I, I, think, I, I think their CPUs look okay. I mean, it's going to be a tougher year for uh, yeah. AMD to pick up that share yeah, yeah. next year. Uh, so they're competitive there, again, in a way I, I think they haven't been in, in a while. But they haven't solved all their problems. Like, they still yeah, got sure. some work to do. On, yeah. on CPU and then the AI, the the data center story. I I I I think they're they're they sound their story is more interesting when they always talk about inference. When they start getting into the training market, sure, agreed. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's more challenging. Yep, to- totally agree. I I think it feels like reaching to get into training, but I'm I'm with you. Like I think the inference side, which I don't know anything about you know, Gaudi's inference capabilities because they constantly talk of training. And I really wish they would just talk about inference. Um, but to me, that's 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 the narrative to really keep poking at because I do think those products that have one job, go and do inference, are actually going to be very, very attractive in this uh in the in this TAM TAM expansive market for uh for data center. Yeah, I, I think that's important. But you know, on, on that note, I think one thing on the client side that has been needling me, has been bothering me for a while from all of these companies is there's clearly a lot of hope around the AI PC, right? PCs with CPUs that have NPU functionality that will do inference on your laptop. That's a big theme. It was a big theme at Intel's event. It was a big theme. It was what little they talked about it at AMD's event. That was part of it too. Qualcomm, of course, has set their hopes on it in a big way that, all of these companies are assuming that consumers really, really want AI inference built into their laptops. Mm-hmm. And yet, whenever I push anybody on the subject, like, why, why would I pay more for this? Right. We, we don't have a good answer. Uh, and I think, I think that, that worries me a little bit because it means that the chip vendors won't be able to charge a premium for their product. It's just, sure. This is just the latest CPU, and right. this is like one more feature that some people it. care about. But it's, right. Like I, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be very hard for me to see consumers paying more for an AI PC. Sure. And so it, I think the data center, we can, we can debate about AI being additive to the TAM. Right. 
I, I don't see a reason why it would be additive to the client tab anytime soon. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think it's going to be really hard for them to sell more. And to be honest with you, I'm just not sure what the consumer use cases are for this, even over the next couple of years. I think the enterprise, it makes a lot of sense, but I also don't think the enterprise is going to spend that much more. They're just going to say, look, I, I expect it to do these things that I want to run inference locally. Um, but you know, it's an attractive business use case. I don't know about consumers for AIPC yet. And I, I think a lot of the enterprise case will be around their own cloud. I think that's a more exactly. compelling argument. People yes. are going to start moving workloads yes. back from the cloud, doing it on-prem, but that doesn't mean on the on the edge, on right. the client. Just on client. But, right. you know, for everybody listening, prove me wrong. Like, tell me where I'm wrong. Because I would, I'm, this is, this is the topic, I think, is what are consumers going to do with generative AI? Right. I'm, I would really like to know. And I'm, I would like to be wrong. So yeah. come but at me. That's a 2024-ish, 2025 story. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But but I agree. it's uh, That's going to be interesting to watch. But it's something you're all going to hear a lot about. AIPCs, NPUs, running LLMs on your devices, doing fun things with AI on, you know, co-pilot and whatnot. Like that's, that's coming. Like that's going to be a big story for 2024. So... So watch, watch for that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap there. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I think we're schedule wise, are we're we're skipping a week because we've got holidays, um, and we'll either pick it up right before the new year or right after the new year. I think uh, that's about. I think. That's yeah, I mean, we'll, so yes, happy holidays, happy new year to everybody. We will be back in the new year. Yes, there you go. And uh, we will have all kinds of coverage, including, you know, CESs right around the corner. So looking forward to seeing everybody there. Yep. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, send us comments, uh, etc. Have a good one.